Welcome back to NYR DNA. I'm Phil, happy to be here with Jack and my uncle Peter, the professor, on this Saturday afternoon. Unfortunately, we don't have Luca, great neck. No great, great. neck in the studio today. The great, but yeah, unfortunately, we're not going to get that line. Our, our neck size, on average, is down, but that's okay. <laughs> hey, we'll yeah. find a way to make it work. <laughs> I think if you combined all three of our necks together, it still wouldn't be as big as the great neck. I think that was our edge over other podcasts, unfortunately. So we'll have to find a way to yeah. that today. How are we doing today, fellows? What's going on? Doing good. Doing good. Yeah, I think the, the, an, the analytics show that the uh, average neck size of our podcast now has uh, decreased precipitously. So we, we are fighting our way back. <laughs> they have that on Spotify. They have that. They have like your monthly listeners expected, and all this. And then yeah, ex- expected, expected next, next size, size per 60. Yeah. And then average, like, you know, they have all these stats. The analytics. Yeah, right now we're hurting without the great neck, but it's we'll true. have to persevere. You know how it is. We're doing this over Zoom, by the way. So hopefully our internet connections are stable and all that. So we don't have any issues with the, with the sound. And as the Pointer Sisters once said, who's Zooming who is the question that we see. You've been saying that for two years, and it's kind of annoying. Well, that's I still don't. I honestly don't know what that's even referencing. I still, to this day, will put that lyrically up against any song. Beatles, um, any any person you want to bring in lyrically, who's Zooming who? Probably the greatest song ever written. What about LMFAO? I don't know what that means. But You don't? They're lyrical, like monsters bro are they are they uh like mgmt or in way <laughs> no they, they're also letters but oh. they're the ones that are like party rock <laughs> is in the house tonight yes oh, are they like bst what's that yeah they're a big k-pop man that i'm into oh you're a big k-pop no, guy right isn't that bts oh it might be but they're a new band <laughs> bst okay <laughs> That's big T- on the the K-pop. also TCB taking care of business. Yeah, they're big also. Yeah, well, most importantly, this is NYR DNA. So That's right, NYR DNA, the <laughs> podcast, the only podcast, the only podcast that not only brings you uh, cutting edge content on the New York Rangers, but the only and occasionally the New York Mets. The only podcast where we are genetically linked, talking about New York Rangers hockey. Mm. We share the same DNA. All right. DNA. Let's All go. Right. What Let's is on this. the agenda? So the Rangers played a game last night. Now, we haven't been uh, on the air in a couple of months, but played a game last night, beat the uh, Los Diablos. <laughs> what do we think of where the Rangers are at since we last aired our podcast oh, a couple of months ago? Um, how are we feeling about where the Rangers are at? If I'm not mistaken, this is our first podcast of 2022. Whoa, that just blew my mind. Uh, so I believe so. Well, that's what I was going to ask. I was going to say, like, what did we cover our last podcast? Because I honestly don't remember. Well, like, when was it? It was a while ago. Let's, you know, we don't have to go there. It was, it was, it was late December, uh, summer of 63, I believe. <laughs> um, so we don't have to go there, but. I just wanted to know because you said how we compare from our last recording, and I honestly don't remember when, it's been what a they while. were doing. It's been okay. a while. Where are the Rangers sitting right now in terms of their playoff position? Well, I know off the top of my head they are third place in the Metro. 
I believe, because the Penguins lost last night, but it was an overtime loss. They still got a point. I think the Rangers sit uh, two or three points behind them, but they have two games at hand, so their percentage is better. Uh, let me just look up the standings real quick. Just so How do we feel about how sure. they're playing? Phil, I mean, let's say judging by – let's take it off like the last um, – there was that two-week break, right? The All-Star break, and then there was yeah. an extended break, a couple of weeks. Since that break, how are we feeling about how the team has performed? Personally, uh, I feel I don't, I don't. I'm not feeling very confident. I would not say I've, I've been confident in their performances. They have had a couple of ugly wins and a couple of ugly losses since that was what mid-February, like that, about two, three weeks ago now, mm-hmm. right? Like right after the break. Yeah, I mean, this was recent, but that Canucks game was pretty tough. Um, even like now, I got to bring up their let me pull up their schedule too because I have it up here. Um, but they're lost. Yeah, they lost to the Penguins, lost to the Canucks. Um, looking at their schedule, like the only solid win I feel like they've had in the last couple of weeks was that win against the Capitals. Maybe um, one of their best wins. Yeah. In yeah. Terms of, in terms of a full 60 minute performance. Yeah. Um, I mean, teams like the Devils and the Blues. The Blues are a good team. The Blues though. are a good team. And they're, they're consistently in the playoffs. Uh, but I don't know. I'm not seeing exactly what I would want to see from them. Um, we went to that Kraken game, which they really shouldn't have won. Um, so you feel, I guess what I'm asking is do we feel as a group that I remember way back when in a podcast we were talking about we want to see like progress over the course of a season so i mean how do we feel about their progress from october december i mean do we feel like they've made progress as a team they were a more formidable team than they were two months ago three months ago i i mean i've been talking a lot so i'll let jack answer this like right after me, but I honestly don't think so. I feel like it's kind of just a status quo. Interesting point. Jack, what do you think? Yeah, I'm not like, I don't know how to explain this because it's kind of difficult, but. So you like, think I don't think they've made difficult thoughts that it's difficult to articulate. That's how complex yeah. thoughts are. The inner machinations of my mind inner are an enigma. Right. So. Wrapped in a riddle. um (laughs) i just think honestly i haven't seen as much progress as i thought there would be maybe some progress in different aspects or specific aspects of the game but and then i also try to take into account they're missing their top six winger or what they hope in a couple years will be like a really formidable top six winger in kako so he's been out for like a month now and it doesn't look like he's coming back very soon they're talking maybe uh hope hoping the the trade deadline so yeah that's like 21st and they so, didn't sound too confident about that so he's been out for an ex- another a long month, a substantial period of time which Can i say one thing about that though before yes, sorry go Jack, ahead no i feel like no. at this at this point of the season though so many teams have injuries like everyone's banged up like i don't want to not that that's wrong but I feel like you could say that about every team that, you know, if yeah. they had this one guy, they'd be, it'd be in a better spot. Especially you know? this season with COVID and teams have had issues and all that stuff. Yeah. But I still just think if, if they had maybe, cause like now we see, you know, that 
the top line they have is working a little bit better. That's a, pro- a some progress, I think. That might be a specific aspect that I've seen progress in, and not just Lafreniere, but they have maybe someone who can play on that line after Buchnevich was traded because they were struggling all season with that uh, the wing uh, Zibanejad's wingers. Right. So, but let me ask you, let me play devil's advocate. Haven't they in the last four or five games in terms of defensively been playing better, it seems? In terms of, put Shesterkin aside for a second. Every, I mean, he's unbelievable. Put him aside. But in terms of um, the number of shots allowed and stuff, haven't they been clamping down a bit better? I think, one, they've, they've clamped down on shots allowed. Um, they're still in, like, the lower 30s in in shots allowed at like per night on average but when you look at the teams that they're playing and their average shots per night it's around there so those are pretty average they've keeping the teams they're playing to to an average number of shots which is good it seems especially four or five games yes especially when you have i know especially when you have shesterkin an average number of shots should you know is is it's and, not this bad. Is, and this is why most of the last, what, four or five games or so, they've let, they've yes. let up two goals or fewer, right? Yes. And I, I, think, I also think they, they, they put the puck on net a little bit more. Because I think rarely, maybe in November, December, and early January, they were putting sub-30 shots on the board. Mm-hmm. And I think a little bit more now they've break, broken that mark, the 30-shot mm-hmm. mark. So... I do think the Rangers defensively have for the most part done a pretty good job of when they're uh, when the opposing team's offense is like set up in the Rangers zone. They've, they've done a pretty good job of keeping them out of like the slot out of the high scoring areas. I think the Rangers still uh, struggle like in transition to defend, like mm-hmm. people can definitely get them on the rush on the break, but that's been, that's been nice. I think against that like Pittsburgh game in particular, even though they lost that, they had some really good defensive stands a couple of times. I think, yeah, I think to like both of your points and, and like Phil's point, it's a weird, it's a weird season. For me, it's a weird season. What, what do I mean by that? What do you mean by that? I, I have no idea. I, it's so complex. I can't explain it. Um, here's <laughs> what I mean by that. They're in a playoff. I mean, barring some unbelievable collapse, which I don't think will happen, right? They go, they're going to make the playoffs, right? Which at the beginning of the season, we all said that should be the goal. They're going to make the playoffs right now with, a little less than 30 games to go. We know they're going to make the playoffs unless something unbelievable happens. Right. Well, the point differential is so insane between like yeah. the top and the bottom. Right. The so that's, yeah. that's an incredible gr- collapse. So, right. No, no. So that's my point. So I don't want to say Mets. I don't want to say that they, they, they're definitely going to make the playoffs. It's it's, they're a lot. They haven't secured that position yet, right. but let's face it. They're probably going to make the playoffs mm-hmm. and which is a great accomplishment. I feel so. They're piling up points, right? They keep, they keep, they don't, they haven't had, have they, I'm not good with the stats. Have they had like a three game losing streak or four game losing streak this year? I don't know. They've never, they've actually haven't lost three games in a row yet this season. Yeah. So like they keep piling up points, even when they play a couple of bad games, you know, like that's it. The wheels are going to win a game. So they pile up the points. They're winning. They'll push a game to overtime or something. Right. Right. So they're winning. And we'll get into like, well, why are they really winning? But that's a separate issue. So it's a weird season in the sense that this team has been piling up points. I mean, I don't know what, what are they on pace for in terms of points if they continue at this clip? 
Let's oh, see. what are they on pace for? I have no idea. They're at like 75 right now, I think. Yeah, in 53 games. So, so if they go – so they, wait a second. They they have 75 points right now? Yeah. yeah. So if they go 500 the rest of the year, they, they're going to have over 100 points? Over 100, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's – that's if you would have told me at the beginning of the season <laughs> they're going to have over 100 points, I'd be like, are you serious? That's yeah. unbelievable. So and go ahead. they've done that. They've done that without, I think, putting everything together. Well, that's my point. Yeah, that's what I was getting to in a long-winded way. Right. So it's a weird season. They're piling up points, but I still feel like they haven't hit like their stride. They're still like this. Um, they have a game like against um, um, the Capitals where they're like, oh, now they're putting it together. 60 minutes, right? Wow. And then they play a game against the Penguins. Frustrating, but they played really well. I mean, yeah, I didn't. I don't even. I mean, it counts as a loss, obviously. No, but no, no. It's, I'm like, in my eyes, I don't even see that game as a loss because I they think that was a the very, that I'm was with a very you. good game. I'm yeah. with you. So my and point the is, like, are good. So wow, now this, and then they, and then they'll have these moments where like they come out and jump on the Blues, and it's like, wow, this team's really rolling. Then like, I don't know, three, you know, they scored three goals in like five minutes, and you're like, what the hell just happened? But they won that game eventually. Right. And so they have these moments where there's like pockets of periods still where you're like, they don't know what they're doing on defense. Like what is going on? They, yeah. they have no scoring from their bottom six lines. And now it seems like from their second line, like how is this team yet? They they're on pace for over a hundred points. So like, I don't know what to think. So I guess that'll get to the, some of the stuff we're going to talk about later. Like, well, what's informing that? I mean, maybe it is just the goalie. I don't know, but um well he always i think i mean it'd be stupid to not say he he plays a huge part of course like like i would say mostly that mostly him yes but if i know but we're we're gonna i know it's hard to like you know you can't say like they put up they've won that many games or have or have put up so many points you can't can't just just say it's one person it can't just be the goalie but i would say it's overwhelmingly although he's the mvp of course yeah like Because that that's similar argument that we always railed against when it came to other goalies, right? Yes, that it was the Rangers that aren't the, the team they are without Shesterkin in that. Of course, and and no. you know, and the the Penguins aren't the team they are without Crosby. You know, well, yeah, but they do have Crosby, and we have Shesterkin. So no, I'm no, 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 no. I'm saying so. I'm not going to criticize the Rangers because they they're not the same team without their MVP. I mean, no team is the same without their mm-hmm. MVP. He's their yeah. MVP. You yeah, know. you take the but best player it, off of any team, they're going to be a worse team. Yeah. So, I mean, so I, I feel like as much as they frustrate me at times, um, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like they're in a good spot, obviously, <laughs> but I, I still, still wonder if they can beat teams in the playoffs, you know? I, I would like to share, actually, because I have this stat up, and I, I think it's really interesting. Phil, you're always, um, you're always very, very willing to share. That's what I appreciate about you. Well, that's what I'd like to bring to this podcast. And I feel like before I joined this podcast, there was a real hesitancy to share, and I, I want to squash that. So we've created an environment. <laughs> it's where... true, <laughs> right? Um, so uh, the and you guys might know this, so forgive me if you do. But people at home, the Rangers' expected goal differential ranks twenty sixth uh, in the NHL at negative fifteen point four four. So they're expected to finish the season minus fifteen. Their actual goal differential is twenty five. So that is a, I would have to imagine a, a big part of that is Igor just picking up the slack for his teammates. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that's that. Yeah. I've never heard that. 
I mean, yeah. we'll leave it to Billy Bean to come up with the stuff. I have yeah. the advanced analytics for sure. I mean, you 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 people at home may know him as Phil, but to us, he'll always be Billy Bean. Listen, I'm the advanced stats guy. That's my thing. I like reading advanced stats, getting into that type of stuff. And he also likes so. cheating at board games by using it advanced stats to try and, you know, what's <laughs> yeah. his case. The Pictionary meta is crazy. The advanced <laughs> stats on Pictionary. Exactly. <laughs> so, so we're feeling good about where the Rangers are uh, coming back from that 15-day break. Um and, you know, we'll see where, where they're going uh, in terms of this. I mean, it's possible, you know, they're only, what, six points out of a, a top, sp- top spot, right? Yeah, uh, the Hurricanes. And who knows? They, have, could, they, could, they could win. The, they could yeah, win they the could. The Hurricanes just need to lose a little bit. The Rangers have the same amount of games played as the Hurricanes, and the Hurricanes sit, as of today, six points ahead of them. I mean, it, so that's look, three wins. It's now the tall, Penguins, all order. The Hurricanes but, would need to lose like two or three or something in a row. The Penguins sit two points ahead of the Rangers. However, the Rangers have two games at hand on the Penguins. So, right, so points percentage wise, the Rangers are in second place. They're looking good. They're looking good. They have issues which are going to get. We're going to get into. So, if 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 I may, can we talk a little bit about? Um, some of the younger guys yeah especially uh one alexei lafreniere right who's now been it seems i hope he's been given the top spot there on that uh, uh top line and i would hope that no matter what happens in the next five six ten games they're going to leave him there and he's been flourishing that line has been awesome right um, so it looks like Loff is really starting to grow, bef- you know, we, we're seeing it. Um, what do we think about Loff and the rest of the young guys that we were hoping to see? I know Kako's been out, but folks like Phil Heedle, um, K. Andre Miller, Matthew Schneider. I don't know why we don't include Fox in this. Why group. do you I call guess him? We- I don't know why you call him Matthew Schneider. What's his name? Are you kidding me? You're going to run an NYR podcast and not know his name? Wait, that's right. Matthew Schneider is the guy who played on the Rangers and the uh, Canadians. Who the hell yeah. is Matthew Schneider? Brendan Schneider. Sorry, sorry. It's Rob Schneider, I think, actually. Rob Schneider would probably be an upgrade over Nemeth <laughs> if we were able to get him on. Yeah, for sure. So you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, at first so what do we I didn't. And I'm pretty sure it's Braden Schneider. It is Braden. Braden. You've gotten what it wrong twice. Listen. So I'd like to start with, with Lop because I am uh, – I'm a big Loft guy. I've been a supporter even during the dark days. You like the Laffy Toffee? <laughs> I do. I, 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 I chew the Laffy Toffee. Um, I, I think he's looked great. And not even just with goal scoring, like in everything. It feels like his confidence is at an all-time high. He had that sweet pass um, on the Zibanejad goal against, I don't know what team that was against. That was recent, though. That was all over, mm. like, Bleacher Report and shit like that posted it. The, I think it was the Capitals. <clears throat> Was that the You're Capitals? talking about the drop pass? Yeah, the drop pass. I think it was against the Capitals. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's longer ago than I thought it was. But anyway, um, he's just been playing hard. Um, and I think that they're, they're getting a lot. They're just getting a lot out of him. And that line has been so efficient. Um, and I feel like each member of that line is like, it's not Mika carrying or anything like that. It's like they're all really doing their thing out there. What are we looking at? So uh, we're looking at a great account on Twitter, Hockey Stat Miner, 
Yeah, um, I, lo- I love and, this account. And they, yeah, he's, it's a great account. And they posted this. And, and this gets into those, some of those analytics, which I don't understand. All I know is a lot of X's and percentage signs. But if I, it, you know, if I can understand it a little bit, it shows that th- these are the New York Rangers top lines at five on five, five V five, minimum 60 minutes, according to Money Puck, uh, XG model, expected goals expected model. Expected goals. Right. Yeah, so yeah. it's interesting that it, some of the, it's not surprising, right? Prior to Zibanej Adloff line, it leads at, at 62%. Uh, then the next line with the minimum of 60 minutes was Loff, Hedl, Gautier. Then the next line was Kreider, Zibanejad, Kako, and then Loff, Strom, Goudreau, um, which was uh, together for a short time. One, one, I mean, one of the things you, out of the top four lines, Loff was on three of them. So, yeah. you know, if for a guy who's a complete bust, you know, who's not living up to his reputation, supposedly, you know, they had top three lines over the course of the season in terms of expected goals, five on five, had Loff on it, which is obviously. And I think that might be partially due partially due to the fact that he's been moved around so much this season. So he's played with a lot of different guys. True. But every line he plays but, on he's yeah, been effective has, on every been line. Effective. Yes. Right. If he was a drag, he, you know, yep. uh, if he was a drag as a, you know, like every, yeah, no. every person you put Nemeth with, you know, you put Nemeth with Larry Robinson circa 1979, Larry Robinson's analytics would be, I'm down, not, you know? I'm not saying, uh, I'm not trying to take any credit, but I'm just saying he's moved around a lot. So yeah. he's playing with a lot of different guys. But and, apparently it, he makes it work. So right, well, and this, that's the thing. It's like I feel like, and that's why I, I like him because I feel like he's just a super high IQ player. Like even when he's not like dangling and walking people and like deking goalies out of their clothes, it's like he's still gonna play at a high IQ, do little things. Like he reminds me of like I don't know, I don't know like what a, a comparison. The first comparison in my head goes to someone like Draymond Green, who's a basketball player. People clown on him because he doesn't anymore get like crazy stats or like doesn't score a lot doesn't get that many rebounds assists or whatever but like he's the backbone of that team I'm not saying Loft's that good but it's just like that's the type of player I feel like at his worst he still is at his best he can score I mean he hasn't gotten there yet but the hope is that at his best he can score 40 goals this season like or you know something like that I mean you know that I I'm impatient and we've talked about this over the podcast the past year or two. Um, but I'm also uh, uh, feel like some of these folks, this we'll get into this, haven't been deployed properly. So you said, I think he can score. Yeah. I mean, what was that other stat that we saw? You know, I know these are kind of arbitrary, but he, he is. Oh, it's really, like the first of 25 goals. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. 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 He's five first, on like, five. Number one pick or something like that. Five on five to get to 20, 25 goals. Which makes perfect sense because you got to think all these Not guys the first, that they were. But- He's no, but 25 goals before fastest. Taylor Hall before Jack. No, but, and, uh, and you, you got to think all those guys, guys. You got to think all those guys, Stankos, Kane, Taylor Hall, all those guys mentioned. They all of them are probably on first power play units. The year yeah, but this is five on five. This is no, five I know, but that's five. what I'm saying. Like, I think well, to, he has so many more point. chances to score a 5v5 because right. he's never on the goddamn power play. Well, but also to Phil's point, like, yeah, I mean, I think this guy could score. I mean, I have to, you know, I don't want to jump our segments, but like, yeah, if he was playing on, on PP one, you know, he'd probably have more assists too. Like he has, mm-hmm. he's a really yeah. good passer, you know? And to Phil's point, all the players talk about his hockey IQ and you could see that he has great vision. Right. And he has like how many assists this year? Not many, not many. Like right. So I think four. 
Yeah. And so what, why? Because he's not capable. I think it's a product of he's been jerked around from line to line, right? He doesn't get opportunities to play on the power play. Um, there's no reason this guy can't score. Like I was thinking just before they have 30 games left roughly or something like that. Um, like the way that line's been yeah. playing, like I don't see why he can't put up 15 points in the next 30 games, mm-hmm. you know? So that would, I also that would put him at about 40 points or so this season. And if you would have told me at the beginning of the season, hey, if Loft scores 40 to 50 points, would you consider that a step forward? I'd be like, yeah, I would. I mean, I would. Especially considering for the first like third of the season, he didn't have a line. Exactly. And that yeah. he doesn't play on the power, play. on the power play. Well, he plays on power play too, which doesn't get doesn't that really, many yeah. points. But yeah. so like, I mean, his development this year and over the next 30 games, I'm really – I actually, I'm hoping that what we can see in real time over 30 games that it, it's going to like grow even exponentially. Cause I think he's starting to feel it on that line and that line's playing really well. I think to me, again, I don't want to jump segments. The next step is to get him on the power play, but yeah, you know, we'll talk about that. And I know we say this every time we talk about Loft, but he's literally 20 years old. Yeah. Like he started the season as, you know, they started, like the, it was 19 when they started this season. So it's like the fact that, like, I can't imagine being a 20 year old, like moving around lines so much, like first time playing with stadium or like a stadium. I can't imagine being a 20 year old in like, the NHL, bro. Like, that's that's crazy. It's like, damn. Like the fact that I'm not, I know you felt we're feeling I'm impatient with him. So to call you out, I guess I'm like, I feel like there's a lot more happening here than just. You calling me out. I, I suppose, I, I suppose so. I, suppose I feel like there was more, there was more at play than just like, oh, he needs to score more. It's like, there's some, there's some, the stuff you need to work through first. And now I think we're kind of getting past the muck part that's all behind us and hopefully forward. It's just greener pastures. And just to add to that, uh, he, he's playing, he's playing out of position. Yeah. That's and not I, playing I, he's used to. And I'm not saying it's like going from like, you know, right field to playing catcher, but but there are differences, you know, there are differences to going from right wing to left wing or left wing to right wing, white right wing. And, and he's like, he's had to like learn that on the job at 20 in the NHL. So um, it's true. I, I, sometimes I am impatient, but in my defense, Phil, maybe you don't remember, because maybe you didn't listen to our podcast before you joined. All right. Maybe I, you didn't, maybe you didn't care about sell out. Yes. Yeah, I, I did, did say that. I did say that they should be given opportunities under DQ to kind of find themselves. I I was mm. very Derek uh, Green, yes, head coach of the New York Rangers, right here, Pete right. Vellon. More kind <laughs> of a mental coach, you know. I leave the X's and O's to people yeah. like you too. He always says that whenever we're talking about coaching, he says he leaves the X's and O's to other people, and he's just like some guy, I guess, on the bench. He's the big idea guy. He's the big idea guy. I'm He's like on the bench, like, I think we need to score soon. And I'm like, it's <laughs> Sven Jolly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should, oh my God, I'd love to hear you interview for one of these shots. Like, I'm not much of an X's and O's guys. Look, just Brian kinda... Trotche got the job with the Rangers. Uh, he handed in like a 20 page handwritten. Brian Trotche won four Stanley Cups. Well, not as a coach, he didn't. As a player, uh, though. Head coach, I should say. Anyway, so. Oh, wait, right. wait, wait. Can I say something about Loff? I want to say something. Of course you can. This is our two podcast. Things. Two things. Yeah, it is our podcast. Two things. I think, because we were talking about his assists before, I think there's been like hand, like a handful of instances, I can't really remember specific ones, where Loff will make a pass, 
and like eight or nine times out of ten, it, it's a goal. Like the guy he passed it to should put it in, but they just didn't. Like it seems like almost there's been unlucky instances like that where I think he could have more points. Because I remember like two or three passes to Kreider he made that Kreider probably yeah. should have scored, maybe not. Now whatever, that's like you know if Sands and butts. Yeah, that's hockey. It's this ends like, you know, but I just think, you know, maybe another time he makes the same pass and it's a goal. So, but also another thing I will say about that top line is that I think obviously he's scoring more and uh, they seem to have found that their winger, because I mean, I think he's been on the line for now five, six games and who knew that would actually help build chemistry, but like, that's one of the things that I've seen most from those games is that Loff is definitely more involved in mm. that line. They seem to be gelling. They kind of know where each other are maybe more. He knows where to go when he has the puck here. Like, it, it seems like he has the puck on his stick a lot more. He's making important plays. Yeah. Stuff like that where otherwise, if he was playing with, like, Goodrow and Heedle, he may be floating a bit more, stuff like that. I feel like now they're gelling. They've gotten time together. Like, and you point to that pass he made to Zibanejad against the Capitals. Mm-hmm. Like, he just knew where he was, dropped it to him. Yeah. Now, he's been much more involved. There were there were games where he, you'd say, oh, Loft was involved tonight. Then there'd be, like, two or three where you're like, I didn't really notice him. That seems uh, few and far between. He, yeah. And I think that that's a product of him growing, but also playing with two really good players. Right? Let's, it's, it all works together. But there's definitely not as many nights where you're like, I don't even remember him on the ice tonight. Like, that doesn't seem to happen too much anymore, which is kind of cool to watch in real time, like him, him getting better like that, but he's also playing with better players. So, um, I mean, just quickly. So what do we think about, um, what do we think about, uh, Heedle? Oh, Phil. I mean, how do we feel about the Rangers rebuild, right? This is still a rebuild, although they fast tracked it and it was, I would say the rebuild's over. Come on. No, no, I know. But what do we think about these young players? Kako's been out for a while, so let's not even talk about him. But, like, Phil Heedle seems to be in limbo right now. Yeah. Um, what do we think about Ke'Andre Miller? Is he, is he getting better and better? I, I, I think you'd have to say yes. Yeah. I think Ke'Andre's had a good – had a decent, like, month or so now, I would say. Okay, and what do we think about Rob Schneider? <laughs> How does he look? <laughs> Braden Schneider is awesome. Brady Schneider's uh, the man. I don't know if he's the man, but I think I, think I love him. He's I a, also like him a lot. He's acquitted himself well, I think. Yeah. Um, I just think when he get when you're playing juniors for two or three years, he gets called up and plays like he's been in the NHL for like he doesn't. And now he'll make rookie mistakes from time to time because he's of course. Rookie, but he'll make plays that are smart, almost like veteran-like plays. Like he'll just, if there's nothing there, he'll get the puck off the glass out of the zone. Or if he needs to throw it around the net, he'll do that. Like he doesn't try to be anything that he's not. He plays smart. He plays simple. And then also like we saw when he ripped that goal in his first game, like that was a sick shot. That was like a thousand mile an hour slap shot right past the goalie. So, I mean, and he's a big body. He can, I just think he's a multi-tool almost. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I like, the trajectory. I mean, I, you know, some folks I, I read and they're like, you know, he has a certain ceiling and I don't know. I think every team would like a defenseman like him when he becomes, when he's like us established though, I think every team would like a defenseman like we'll him. See. He can do we'll a see. lot of different things. One thing I do see, and that's what I wanted to ask you too. Like, what do you think about this? 
Like I see him sometimes like last night specifically in the game against the devils. Um, and he's played, how many games would you say he's played now with the Rangers? I don't know. When was that sharks game? That was, is it first. more than 20? Is it more than 20? Oh, Maybe. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't right? think so. Right. I'm going to so count here, right now. Here's one, th- here's one thing I've noticed about him in compa- And this is not a knock on the person I'm going to bring up. Uh, Nils Lundqvist. It's not a knock on Lundqvist, but here's what I've noticed. 18 games. Okay. Here's what I notice when I think about like a guy like Schneider coming up and then what I saw from Lundqvist and putting aside all the extraneous stuff that they like Lundqvist was playing with Nemeth and Schneider's playing in all the, you know, Nemeth dragging everybody down. Do you think that some of this just has to do with more confidence? Because like last night, there are times in the let's I want to talk about the offensive zone where Schneider just seems to be seamlessly integrated. Like he'll, He'll take it. He'll go. He'll do the scissor on the boards. You know, he'll come down. He'll drop it for the guy. Like, I'm not saying I didn't see Lundqvist doing that, but he he seemed more kind of less impactful. Like, I didn't notice him as much as this kid who came up and is doing things. And I'm like, is that just he's more talented or it's just a confidence thing? Like, he's more willing to say, I'm good enough to make this play and I'm going to do it even though I've only been here for 10 games. Like, I don't know. What do you think about that? Am I imagining this? He seems more noticeable. I would say it, honestly, I would say it probably has almost everything to do with confidence. And I'm not saying that Niels does, didn't have any confidence, but, but like you said, when he, especially in the offensive zone, when he'll like take the puck, take it deep or go around the net or something like that. It it's almost as if he's like been there before, like he knows he just knows what he's doing, and he's been there before, and he's made this play a hundred times. Like there's no hesitancy, there's no doubting himself. He'll just go and do it. Now that might I think that probably has something to do with him just knowing who he is as a player. He's maybe probably made that play a, a thousand times, and he says, "Screw it, like I'll I'll, just, no I'll go right. for it. It's no different. I'm still playing hockey." Now it might be different for Niels coming over from a different country. Because I know they Swedish style of hockey is a little bit different than the North American. They play on a bigger ice surface. It's and you know all these kids are always like twenty two, twenty three years old, so they might yeah, not yeah, have yeah. just found their stride yet. So there's that. But I would say Braden Schneider, in terms of confidence in his game and in in himself, I yeah, I would say that's probably mostly it. Just from the plays he makes, because they seem so smart and like veteran like almost. Yeah. Phil, any thoughts on that? I think that, I mean, confidence, like Jack talked about, obviously, I'm not going to disagree with that. I think he's just generally a more skilled player, Mm -hmm. though, too. I mean, it's impossible to say whether, you know, Niels, if he was more confident, would he be able to, like you said, go around the goalie guy out, get a nice pass or whatever? I don't know. I just, I like Schneider a lot. I like the way he plays. Um, I think that he has a really good combination of size and speed and skill. And I think that he knows how to just use his, I think he knows how to play with his strengths, um, which is something that for a young player, I feel like you don't see so much. So I'm, I'm high on, I'm high on his stock. Yeah. I yeah. And I would say that there's a lot of people who probably would disagree with the fact that, um, Schneider is more talented with 
talented than uh, Niels because mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of Rangers fans that would say Niels probably has more talent than Schneider. But right. you know, especially that's, offensive talent. Yeah, that's here nor there right now. I just think, uh, I just think if Schneider becomes like, like a really good, um, like level, if he gets to a really good level of how he's doing right now, like if he becomes an NHL mainstay by doing this, maybe puts up twenty points a season. That's like I don't understand a team. I I don't understand anybody who wouldn't want that player on their team who's sound defensively, can skate, size. And we'll put up 20 points, maybe. Like, that seems like a dream defenseman. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Okay, so we're kind of happy with the development of the young Ranger players. I don't want to belabor this because I think... We didn't really talk about Heedle, though. Well, I think because the next segment, um, we'll get... His name will come up. Yeah. And I think the next two segments are going to flow one into the other. But I did want to get your thoughts on something that I've been a little pissy about lately. In our Ranger, a our Ranger game day f- text threads, a um, little. And, and you know, I've been a a big supporter of of you know hiring who G-G. I call Coach Gallant. Well, the, his name is actually Gallant, apparently. Well, he's Gallant to me. He's okay. always been Gallant to like me, like a horse. Yes, and he's done. An, you cannot argue with the results so far, right? Yeah. Uh, coach Gallant, but the, he does face some criticism from folks. And I think at first I poo pooed it, but now I'm starting to get a little concerned about how his deployment of personnel, right. Um, especially with respect to this over-reliance, it seems on wanting a heavy, heavy lineup to the point where, um, you know, the fourth line, it's now the third line. It's been like that for four or five games. And now that third line is getting, you know, time to like be on the ice when you're down by two goals. Now, again, I'm not Billy Bean. We have Billy Bean here, AKA Phil. I don't know all the advanced metrics and analytics, but from what I understand, some of the players that the Rangers are trotting out that coach Gallant is trotting out in big numbers are some of the worst um, statistical players in the NHL. <laughs> yeah. You know, people like Greg McKegg. And, and yeah. I, I'm, I'm not, and this is not an indictment of some of these players who I think have their role to play or like Ryan Reeves, who I have no problem with that signing. And I, and I like him being added to the team, but when he's out there down by two goals in the last three minutes, I have a problem with that. Right. So this, get, this is a question of not about, you know, necessarily having folks like this on the roster, but their deployment. And um, I wonder, I'm a little concerned that Coach Gallant is, is a little more uh, stubborn and an old-time hard-headed than I thought he was. That he seems to be willing to, like, you know, play guys like Greg McKegg over Phil Heedle. He, he plays guy. He plays – He's put Heedle as a healthy scratch for Greg yeah. McKegg. Yeah, like what? What do we like? That's pretty whack. He keeps saying oh, he's I done want that twice. I like remember oh, yeah. He keeps saying I want him to play like Mika Zibanejad. Well, okay. I mean, you put out the vision. This is where model your game as best you can after that player. And I'm going to scratch you and then play you when you play for seven minutes. 
So, I mean, like, I don't understand the rationale behind that because he may not be sold on Phil. Maybe he doesn't like Phil Heedle. I don't know what, the, you know, maybe he thinks he's not my type of player. But if you really think that Greg McKegg is your type of player to get third line minutes when he is statistically, I think, if I'm not mistaken, one of the 10, not 10%, one of the 10 worst statistical in terms of all the statistics, he's one of the 10 worst players in hockey statistical yeah. in terms of the statistics. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of the 10 worst players in hockey when he's getting 10, 12 minutes, I have to say either the coach is on crack or he's not thinking like what's going on. How are you playing this guy that many minutes? Do you not see well, that? What, what I was going to ask, and it seems like you kind of squashed this question now. No, I don't squash. Um, well, no, with, with, with you saying that he's one of the 10 worst players in hockey, I don't know what – I'm not disagreeing with that. I just don't know what statistics or what, where you found that. I'm, I'm not – not to disagree. Yeah, look it up. What I was going to say is who do you think is better in 2022 between those two players, Peter or McKay? Well, again, you know I'm not an analytics guy per se, but when I read the folks that talk about this, they say when you judge, like, the analytics – expected goals for per 60 expected this expected times that you're going to have a sandwich the, on the, on wednesday the big old heat chart that, that they that show phil, on the ice that phil heedle is actually got incredibly high analytics and so i say to myself i say self maybe this is a question <laughs> of maybe this is a question of this guy's not getting the right deployment i.e. Loff, what we said with Loff, right? Maybe it's not a question. Well, he's, you know, it's like, he's not producing, so I'm not playing, but I'm not playing him because he's not producing. Well, he's not producing. So, I mean, like, it's the chicken or the egg. I feel yeah. like when when you look at some of the folks, some of the stats these folks post of Phil Heedle, his, his stats are higher than a lot of the players on the Rangers per 60 minutes. So I'm like, maybe he's just not getting the shot he needs. Okay, I have a question for you. And, and, and then when you look at a guy like fucking Greg McKegg, who, again, I think he's a fine guy to plug in. Maybe he's the 21st, 22nd guy in the roster, fourth line, eight minutes a game, maybe, not every night. And you say he's getting time, like super time, over a guy like Phil Heedle. I'm like, this guy's too old school for me a little bit. Like, he scares me. Gallant okay. scares me. With I have a question. Point. I have a question. I have a question. Yes, ask. So I understand that, I mean, like, I'm not going to disagree with you that Heedle should, like yeah, the keg right. should not ever take a roster spot from Heedle. That oh, and by be. the way, I'm sorry to interrupt, Jack, but by the all way, right. so everybody, we all thought, like going into last night, okay, he finally said, I got to give this kid Heedle. And I'm not saying it's either Heedle or McKeg, but he put Heedle in the lineup and he took McKeg out. Oh, by the way, what did we find out after the game? McKeg was like sick McKeg was sick, he said. He yeah. didn't take him out because he sucks. He was sick. One, one letter... One letter changed everything. He didn't suck. He was sick. The I replaced the U. Go ahead. Can I Jack. finish sorry. my question now. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't think McKeg should ever be taking a roster spot from Heedle. That's like insane. But so let's say Heedle's on your third line, right? And the roster's fully healthy, so. Savannah, Jed Kreider, Lafreniere, Panarin, Strom, Kako. Where does Heedle go and who does he play with? If you're talking about giving him more time and all this stuff, where does he go and who does he play with? 
Well, I mean, to be honest, look, they've experimented with Heedle at wing, right? I, I, we said they were in the playoffs, barring some unforeseen tragedy. Why wouldn't you put? Why wouldn't you replace him with uh, replace him in Dryden Hunt's spot? Dryden Dryden Hunt's spot on the second line. I like Dryden Hunt. He's not a second line. Why wouldn't you put your your top ten draft pick, who's been in the league for a few years now, on that line? He's, a top, they, he's not a top ten draft pick. What was he? Twelve. He was like twenty two. Phil Heedle? Yeah. Or was no, he? Miller was twenty two. He might have been like eighteen. Are you sure about that? I'm gonna look it up. He look was it up. A, anyway, was, doesn't matter. Why wouldn't you put him on that second line? I would give him a shot. You're playing him at wing anyway. Well, right now I would, yeah. But when now, I know the there, mindset, and this he is was 21 back. overall. He's right. 21st. My bad. My bad. This gets back to the gallant mindset, right? You need a puck retrieval guy on that line with Panarin and Strom, right? Yeah. So they should just go sign some guy from the you know the fucking AHL. I mean, it's, is that all you need is just a puck retrieval guy? Because I like Dryden Hunt. That line sucks, by the way. I'm not saying it's his fault, but it's yeah, not working. Do, that line doesn't work. And it's I think that's working. We have our, we have our, we'll talk about this later, but I think that they're all kind of responsible for that. I agree with you, Phil. Yeah. My point is, since the line is not working, we agree. Whether it's Panarin's fault, Strom's fault, Hunt's fault. What is the downside to saying... Let's let's try and get this kid kick started because he's got talent and his metrics seem to be good. Right. And remember when he played on, Put the him wing, on that line, when he played on the wing a while yeah. ago, he was pretty good. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, you brought up that situation. There's your answer. Well, but that's no what kid, I would do, too. But I'm saying when do the that. Team's no, the lot can't do that because Dryden Hunt is a fixture. I mean, he's a Stanley Cup winner. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a fixture on that line, as is the center. who. I know he's buddies with Panarin, right? We can't take we can't take Strom and put him as a third line center. You got to get old. Dad. They're never taking him off the line. They're never moving Strom. That's not going to happen. Strom's, like, Strom is a he's not. You a asked for answers. He's you a asked lock. for answers. I gave you answers. Okay, but what I'm saying is that when they're fully healthy, when Kako is on that wing with Strom and Panarin, Heedle plays where? <laughs> we can find a spot. Okay, so dad just disappeared into his virtual background. Yeah, wait, where did he go? I don't know. He was making all these weird hand motions and stuff. I guess we got to fill the dead air. I mean, honestly, Jack, what I would like to, what I would like to see happen would be to Strom to take to get the boot from that second. I mean, that's that's not gonna happen. But well, yeah, but I think that's like what I would want too. But I just it's so unrealistic that I I can't even like fathom it happening well here's the thing and this is what makes great coaches different from good coaches what you say you can't fathom it happening well this is what great coaches do they think outside the box of themselves right what concerns me about this guy is that he seems to have a very look every every good coach has a way of, of doing things what I'm saying is if somebody keeps spitting in my face over and over again, like Greg McKegg with his suckiness, they keep spitting in my face. Eventually I'm going to say, I don't want to be spit. You know, he sees this guy and gives him more ice time. That concerns me. 
That concerns me. Yeah, he I would agree. He, that is concerning. He thinks he has a fourth line. I'm, I've always been, a, I like Kevin Rooney. Other people can't stand him. His, his analytics don't look too good either. I, I, like, I like the player. But the coach says, I got a fourth line of McKeg, Rooney, and Reeves that I'm going to throw out there. And I'm, they're my shutdown line. I'm going to play them against Crosby. <laughs> and I'm like, what? The, are, are you serious? If you, look, if you look at the statistics from the last few games, that line got absolutely dominated. But he sees it as they're my shutdown line. That concerns me. That concerns me. What I think. Go ahead. What, what I think it, it. What I think it might be. For Gallant. Gallant. As you would say is I, I think that he doesn't want to stray away from, I guess, what he knows. And he doesn't want to stray away from, like, they go, into a, they go into a game with a game plan and win or lose, no matter how the game goes, it feels like they're committed to that game plan for the full 60. And it's just, like, it feels like there's a hesitancy for him to try and take risks. He feels more comfortable staying with what they what, – the team knows what's been established, what they've been practicing, rather than to try and jumpstart things. And I guess to his defense, what he can say is, well, look at the record, and this is what we've been doing, and it works. So. And I will well, say, I read a Larry Brooks article, I think it was a Larry Brooks article, like a week or two ago. The great Larry Brooks. And he was saying, DCNY alum. So he was saying... um, he was just going over like Gallant's coaching style and how he interacts with his players and all that stuff. And maybe how that's translated into their play and their record. Um, and he was saying like, you know, he doesn't necessarily like, especially during the game, which we've seen to move around lines very much only in like situations where he deems it necessary. Um, which is kind of the exact opposite of what uh, DQ gave us last year. But, but, I think it's it's his coaching style that he will, you know, put a few guys together and maybe it's if they're down a goal or something, he shows, I guess that's the way the players feels, that he trusts them to do their jobs and he believes that they can do X, Y, and Z together and that's why, and he doesn't panic and that's, but that's I mean. That's a separate issue. That's a separate no, issue. No, but, but instead of maybe just, moving guys around all the time. I'm not asking him like to move guys around. I'm not talking about in-game transitions or adjustments. I'm talking about personnel deployment um, in terms of like sitting Phil Heedle for three games. Well, I don't think anybody agrees with that. That's crazy. Well, he agrees with it and his coaching well, staff. That's what something I would say that I would is a little and, insane. And again, I'm trying to keep, I keep, I'm keeping it real. The team is on pace for potentially over a hundred points. But then, then we get into the nitty gritty. We get into the weeds about, well, is this because of his personnel moves or because he has some otherworldly goalie that's making up for a lot of their weaknesses, right? So, I mean, that's a separate issue. But um, my concern is lately, I was hoping he would see things like, like, why wouldn't I want to get a guy like Loff on the first power play? Like, I didn't think he'd be, like last year and the year before, I totally knew it was the players that were making the decisions. You know, when, when that first power play unit was literally on the ice for two minutes, I knew that they didn't respect this coach. Right. Well, I mean, I knew that that coach wouldn't the coach lost the players. They I would, I knew that the coach wouldn't 
um, break up Strom Panarin because Panarin loves Strom and they've had this great friendship. And that's beautiful. I love that. It's wonderful. <laughs> I, I knew that the coach wouldn't do that, but I felt this guy's going to come in who's been around the block and he's going to be like, I'm going to do what's best for the team. And it bothers me that he watches this and like, no, Strom being on the first power play unit is best for the team. And it's like, are you seriously? Like you've watched this for 50 games now. You re- well, they've had such great success. Yeah, like, I was going to say, they have a great power play, so. Well, but lately it hasn't been that great. Yeah, you know true. what? And I will say this. Two things could be true at the same time. I know that the easy easy thing is, is to say, well, they have a great power play. It's because of all five of those guys. And I would say they have a great power play. And if you if you take Strom off and put Loft there or Kako there, it'll still be great. Right. And and then you're giving those two kids or one of those two kids a chance to really get confidence and elevate their game, which helps everything else. But no, Gallant doesn't want to go there because why? Panarin's going to get mad at him. I don't know why. Or he thinks Strom is so integral to that power play. He must stay there. And if he thinks that it scares me because I don't see him do anything on that power play. If he thinks that I would really, really, really need to see what led him to that decision. so I'm a little disappointed by, by that, but I can't overall be disappointed. They're, they're going to be in the playoffs and he's, and they've, you know, whatever. So ultimately I hope he doesn't have like, you know, in the playoffs, uh, Ryan Reeves playing uh, 18 goddamn minutes a game and on the power play. I hope he doesn't do that. So as what, you know, looking forward to the playoffs. Yes. Looking forward to the rest of the season. What do we think the Rangers front office should be thinking about? Uh, in terms of trades, in terms of ways to better the team, in terms so, of addressing weaknesses, what do we feel? So this is the big question, right, Phil and Jack? So given where the Rangers are at, we've been talking about that and we've been back and forth. Should, should they go, if possible, should they go all in? Or should they just try and make some improvements within the realm of to get better and then also know that there's, you know, a future to build toward? Or should they try and go all in and try and win the Stanley cup this year, given the team they have. Well, I think what we've think? asked, we've asked this question before on the podcast and we're getting uh, close. Though. I'm yes, I know. And I, my answer is still the same. Um, I don't think they're close enough to a Stanley cup to throw all that stuff away and, and well, absolutely go for it. Now, let's define, usually, let's define what we mean by going all in and throwing that stuff away trading what, what would be all in, in yeah what type of move would, ju- would be all in getting uh, an all-in move would be like claude Giroux. yeah if they traded away like heedle and their first round pick and then maybe something else i'd be like okay this is way too much for one player who and i love claude Giroux. he's a really good player but for one guy that you're gonna put it in your top six and and maybe go into the playoffs with no Bottom six, with well, Claude no... might be the third. Claude might be the third line. Oh yeah, he'd be the center. Uh, center. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. Because he's not taking Strom's spot <laughs> over Panarin's sorry. body. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I would love to play with Claude rather than Ryan Strom. Let's be real. Um, that would be something if the Rangers made that deal, and, and you know, it would be something if Philly and, and decided they put him to... at three C. That would yeah. be something, right? It'd be something if Philly decided to make that deal because I don't think that's going to happen. Well, but that would be question, no. Though. I mean, look, I, to be honest with you, when I don't know if this is even possible, but when you say 
give up Phil Heedle and a first and somebody else. I don't know who that's like Lundquist or something. I don't know. I yeah, Phil Heedle, doing Phil Heedle doesn't play for the Rangers. So that's true. <laughs> it's and, like, yeah, I guess that, gets yeah, scratched every that's game. right. And uh, that's not really going all in, I guess. Um, I mean, look, they got to get rid of some of these guys. Yeah, what, yeah. what do you think, Phil? Do you think they're going to like break up some? Look, they have a lot of young players, especially D men and the minors and everything. So folks are going to yeah. have to go eventually. But yeah. do you think they're going to break up some of the core? I think that one. I I actually think that one of these young guys is going to get traded. And in I, terms of who? Yeah. Um, like a Heedle. Um, maybe uh, I mean, I like Zach Jones. But I could see someone like him getting traded. Um, they, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if one of them being traded would be all in for me. I think that they're, uh, we talked about this before. I said they shouldn't be all in. I think that have kind of softened on that stance a little bit, thinking about the team right now. Um, but so do you think the Rangers are going to, I mean, they're going to make moves. I'd be shocked if they didn't make yeah, moves. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. They're going to make moves. Do you think it'll be more of a kind of, this is not the right word, uh, support staff kind of like bottom six? Or, you, or do you really think they're going to try, do you think they're going to try and plug at that top six hole from outside? Or do you think they're going to beef up the bottom six and plug that top six hole from inside? In other words, right? Like, I think that they're going to, they have Kako, I think that, they could put him on the second line and hope yeah. that that's the fix for the second line and then beef up the bottom six. I think that they are going to make a, a trade for a top six winger. I do. Um, and I honestly think that what the Rangers need to decide, what the Rangers front office and coaching staff needs to decide is if they think that Igor is going to play this way for the rest of his career or the rest of his time with the Rangers. If they feel like this is going to be like he'll be at this level or better going forward, if this is like going to be what they can expect from him, then I would say then we don't need to, you know, we can make a, a small move here and there. But if they feel like he's somehow playing above his head or if this year is like an aberration, then to me, I'm like, maybe this is a move. This is a season where you're saying right now we have this goalie playing out of his damn mind. Let's see if we can go capitalize off this right now because we don't know if we can, we're going to have this next year. Yeah. That's a, one of the main arguments is that I've heard, and it's a good argument. You know, Chris Kreider's like pretty, I mean, what is he, second in scoring? Like, that's insane. This will never happen again. Most likely, we don't know. This guy is the streakiest player I've ever seen in my life. But he's having a season. Uh, obviously, Shesterkin is the best goal in the league. Possible heart nominations. Like, this is like just insane stuff from two players, right? So it's like you might never get this opportunity again. So why wouldn't you just go, go for it? Especially in a season where you have young players that, whether we disagree with it or not, aren't playing as much as we'd like them to. That are maybe more valuable to other teams. And when you have like twenty something million dollars in cap space at the deadline, it's like think the stars are aligning for the Rangers to make some serious moves. That's why, though, okay, this is what I would say, though. I mean, they obviously do need some scoring because their uh, scoring per game is pretty terrible. Five, so, like, five v. Five. Five yeah. v. Five. But, like, so obviously you'd be like, all right, so we need a top six winger and stuff. I would much rather keep Loff and Kako on those top two lines on the wings 
mm-hmm. and add depth scoring to the bottom six. <laughs> That's what I would do. I mean, personally, I'm I'm of that mindset as well. Um, that you could do both, right? It's it's mm-hmm. anything you do is a risk. There's a risk involved, but um, it depends who you're giving up, right? Yeah, I would just hate to see like. My guess is that they're done with Phil Heedle. Yeah, I don't know if I am, but my guess, you know, and they could be right about that. Um, and it depends always who you bring back. But my guess is they're done with Phil Heedle. Um, look, they got a, a a boatload of defensemen in the minors, right? You got Lundqvist, you got Zach Jones. Jones. You know, you you can't keep all of them, no matter what. Even if they're all great, you can't keep them all. You, you there's just no way, right? So one of those guys, or they're going to have to go either this year or next. You know. You're going to have to make the right moves with those guys. So guys are going to go. It's not a question of, oh, no, we have to keep all of these young players. You can't keep all of them. It's just a question of, are you going to trade these guys for a one-year rental? Are you going to trade these guys? You know, look, I think we're going to need to, we're going to find out everything that we need to know about the GM at yeah. this trading deadline and where they're going. I really do. Like we've um, been saying, for better or for worse. Yeah, like what we keep saying is that the uh, jury is still out on Drury. Yeah, I can't say that right. So um, let me. But so I think it will close. The jury will 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 close or whatever the right term is. So in reading a couple of things about, um, you know, when like when Gallant was fired from the Panthers, right? Um, and this is this is I don't read this to say that this is a crit. It's not a criticism of him, but it gives me some insight in terms of like where I think the Rangers are going to go this trading deadline. Given that this is Gallant's first year and this is Drury's first year as a GM, I'm sure they have a uh, a good relationship and they talk. I kind of feel like what Gallant. I'm I'm not saying that he, he's going to demand Drury do something. Drury's just going to say fine. But I, I kind of feel like rather than in year four of Gallant's tenure, in year one, he's going to be heard. What he wants is going to be heard more than anything. So here's what they were saying, right? That the when when he was fired from the Panthers, that there was philosophical differences. So the the um the um the GM said we wanted to develop a team. Uh, and build a team that was fast, could move the puck quickly, pressure the puck in all three zones. Gerard and I talked about it. Gerard said he wanted a little bit more size, and we just decided to go in a different direction. We were on the same page every day of the week. No, our philosophy was different, right? He wanted a bit more size. Um, he says there was definitely a philosophical divide between, between them. And a lot of it was that, um, you know, what we're seeing, in my opinion, what we're seeing now, the Rangers did need more grit, more size and all that. But he, Gallant privileges that over like that type of speed, you know, pressure and all that. And I'm not saying that's bad or good. What I'm saying is that gives me, I feel, insight into what they're going to do at the deadline. Um, and who he privileges as players. So when you see a guy like Zach Jones come up and he plays, to me, I thought he played really well, right? But he's just not big. I don't think that hindered his game. But this is why he plays Nemeth all the time. He, he, he's big. Okay. I, so you I think see Zach, Zach Jones is someone who's likely to get traded. You would see that? I think, look, if they decide that they're going to really go and get some guys, not just some, like, 
you know, bottom six guys that you can get on a cheap con. If they're going to go get some guys that could be impact guys, mm -hmm. I, I think either Zach Jones or Lundqvist is probably going to go. Yeah. Well, one of them has to. One, one of them, them has to, to eventually. Yeah. Right. So I'm saying, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they trade one, um, you know, um, again, I guess it's not an indictment of, of my boy Gallant. I'm just saying, what people have been saying, yeah, he he likes that type of that's what he that's his default. That's what he defers to. Um, I'm not saying that's the wrong way to do it, but um, you know, it might be to a fault he defers too much. But we'll see. I don't know. Um I wouldn't doubt they go all in. I gotta be honest. Well, I think, so you think that they will? I wouldn't doubt it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, you got a first year GM, you got an owner that's you know. <laughs> that's that's really the thing um, in my baby. opinion you got you know i mean like and and i i guess the counter argument was well why wouldn't you how many chances do you get a whack at this and you got a goalie that's playing otherworldly like why not go for it i guess but i had always hoped when they started in my opinion when they started this rebuild i was always hoping for a team that was going to be built to compete every year mm -hmm. um, and, I'm, and i'm not saying that that if they go for it this year that means they can't but given the cap situation and everything. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. For me, it's really a Dolan thing. Like, I don't, how many times have we seen the Knicks do this? And it's why they haven't been competitive, really, since Patrick Ewing. <laughs> because they'll have a decent season and be like, oh, we got to go all in and then sell all their assets and every draft pick. And then they don't win that one season. And then they yeah, stop I mean, for the next five. It's hard to argue with his track record of failure as an yeah. owner. That's what I mean. And I'm not laying also, it all on him, but. But that's also a, why. He's a clown baby, so. Oh, he's horrible. But that's also why in my, you know, even though a couple months ago, I was like, no way they go all in. I don't think they'll make very many trades. It's like, I really think they will. I, I, I think they'll get like a Joe Pavelski or, or someone like that. I do like Joe Pavelski, though. Well, oh, again, I, I think he's, I like Joe. Like, I think he's cool for sure. But, you know, they'll have to give up a decent amount to get him. Well, you so, too. Right? Well, that's what I mean. It always depends on what you have to give up and and if these are assets that you're not going to be able to keep anyway. Like, it depends. Mm. Like, I wouldn't mind Joe Pavelski, but it depends what you have to give up. If you have to give up, yeah. like, the number one pick, uh, you know, Kako, and, I mean, you know, then it, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, you two are both on the uh, side of the spectrum that thinks that Drury might just, like, you know, bite, bite the hook or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I am, I kind of am a little less than that. Again, like, like you, I don't think it would surprise me, but I don't, I maybe think it's, it might not happen, but. Well, it's either going to happen or it's not going to happen. So yeah, well, well, I think it might not happen. It wouldn't shock me if it did, but. Either way, this podcast is covered. Either way, we can come on after the trend that like we called it. We said it wouldn't happen. Yeah. Cause we basically, <laughs> like dad always says, like dad, dad has made the argument before that, uh, he. And Steph Curry from the free throw line have the same probability of making that shot. And it's just like, no, you don't, because Steph Curry is one of the greater shooters of all time. And yeah, and you're you. And he so said, what, what leads you to that decision? Well, he says that, you know, when you once you let go of the ball, the ball has a 50 percent chance of missing and 50 percent chance of going in. So it's 50 50, no matter who's shooting, apparently. Very true. <laughs> It's true. It's either going to go in or it's not. So either the Rangers he, are going all how can in you argue or they're that? not. Exactly. How can I argue with that? Are you kidding me? Well, you're, you would be wrong. 
No, no. When I let go of the ball, no. it either goes in the basket or it doesn't. It's simple. Yeah, simple that's very business. that's very true. Except Steph well, Curry's chances of putting it in are way higher moment, than yours. Once he let once he lets go of that ball, it either will go in or not. It's the same as my chances. <laughs> so stupid <laughs> oh wait i have a question i have a question about yeah. the rangers about the rangers um so do you think in the next not saying this deadline but maybe in the off season or in the next season the rangers are going to have to add another piece that is part of their core like you know their core would be criders abanajad uh fox loft kako those guys right well, I mean, you would think Loff and Kaka, we'll see. But, like, you think they have to add another piece to their core, or is that their core? And of course they have to add it. They have no center. No, no, no. But, no, but what I'm saying is, like, that's their, is this the team they're rolling with, and then they're just going to add rentals every year, like some, no. I don't know. I don't see it. If, if you want to be a Stanley Cup contender, I don't, I don't see that being the, the core of a, you need another, you need, look, that, that they basically have no centers from second through the fourth line, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unless Phil Heath. Well, Strom would be Strom's well, one of them. Yeah, and I stand by my statement. They basically have no center. <laughs> no, Is but it, I mean, if Strom was playing on the third line, I'd be much happier. Oh, absolutely! I, I would be happy with Strom on the third line. I'd be ecstatic if he was my. But he's still a center. center. That'd yeah. be a revelation. Well, that's this, this podcast mean. is not a safe space for Ryan Strom. This is not a, a Ryan. Strom Maybe he should friendly. hit a goddamn empty net next time. Well, that's yeah. my point. Is that. Yeah, we were talking about him as your second line center. So yeah, as as the team is currently constituted, as you said, the core. Yeah, that's not good enough. Ryan Strom yeah. can't well, be yeah. second line no, center. No, I agree. In that yeah, way, yeah. in that way, I'd almost like. I mean, they'd have to give up a ton, but in that way, I'd almost love for them to get the Claude Giroux type because it's like you kind of have to play him above Strom unless you put him on the wing, or you put Strom on the wing. <laughs> Uh, maybe, that would be crazy. No way. Know, maybe maybe Gallant would, would play Greg McKegg over him. Dude, imagine that. Imagine they got Claude Giroux, and they're like, okay, Giroux's going to obviously be the second-line center. And then they're like, okay, Strom, you're on the wing. <laughs> that would be nuts. <laughs> that was like DQ with uh, Brett Howden last year. Remember how they were like playing Rooney on the wing instead of center? Because he was like, I need to have Brett Howden playing center every night. Well, this is what this is what bothers me. It's like the, he doesn't he doesn't see it as a liability, and and I wonder is it? And I get it. Like your superstar has made it clear publicly he wants to play with Ryan Strome. But like, I mean, I don't. You know, at the end of the day, you, you know, I love I love Panarin, but you know, like you're not Mark Messier. Sorry, Artemis. also yeah, if, if Panarin if Panarin said that he wanted to play with like a Twelve-year-old kid, but they'd be like, "All right, we got to get uh, some twelve-year-old on the team." Like, how far are you going to go with this? Just because Panarin wants to do it. I feel like that's about to say something. You say play with a twelve-year-old kid. I saw that coming. Ah, god damn it! Yeah, (laughs) Phil's bringing it there. I don't know. Yeah, he's always. What are you trying to say about our? You you know what you should do, Phil. Is you need to write a song about how you don't diddle kids. That's how you. That's how you should do it. You guys should clear the air on that. You should clear the air, or how Panarin doesn't. I think. No, but in all seriousness, it was like, a sunny joke, Dad. God damn oh, it! Oh, that's right. You that's effed right. it up. Yeah, I all I love Artemi, but like seriously, I mean, like who is running the organization here? You got to keep your superstars happy. I mean, seriously, like there's a point where they don't get to make these decisions. Like you again, you're not Mark Messier. You know, you didn't win five cups and say I want this coach out. Okay, Mark, we'll do that because you also you're, you're the best freaking player. 
Right? Also, I think if Come you on. put if you put Giroud at center on that line, it's just like and Artemi's like, oh, I'm not gonna be able to play with Strom. It's like, I, you know, I don't care. Claude Giroud is like infinitely yeah. better than Ryan. It's like you play with Claude like, Giroud. Like, yeah, like, yeah you get you to play favor, with Claude Giroud, clown. bro. Yeah. Get ready to score a hundred points. Are those? Are those? Uh, you know, I don't keep up with the uh, these 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 rumors as much as you two. But are those still alive? Those rumors of Claude Giroux being moved? Not or? really. Not oh, really? I don't know. Not about being moved, but not to the Rangers. What are the latest rumors? I've heard a lot of JT Miller talk. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt that that's the way they go. No, and you know really. what? JT Miller is a good player. I, kinda, I like JT, JT Miller. Miller. Yeah, me too. He's a good player. That would yeah. be he's a center, right? That would be the center. They'll put him on wing, though. They'll, they will put him on wing on that second line. Mark yeah. my words. I, well, I, why I, wouldn't I, he be the third line center? Put I, think they need, on wing. I think they need a top six winger more than they need a third line yeah. center. Yeah, okay. I guess that makes sense. But maybe if the deadline, maybe Kako returns before the deadline and then they have the top six filled out, I guess. I don't know. Or they just switch spots. Maybe Miller will play the second line center and Strom will move down to the third line. He really should play where he needs to be. I mean, he's not a second-line center. Strom. Everybody in the NHL knows he's not a second-line center. You're talking about Strom? Center. Yes, yeah. Strom. Okay. I and, 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 and he clicked, or Panarin came, and obviously you could put a fucking, uh, uh, a, 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 what do you call those things that stand in the, in the field? A straw man? Oh, my God. Scarecrow? scarecrow? Oh, my yeah. God. You could put a scarecrow on his wing or in his center, and they would get 70 points. He, you know, and everybody thinks now like he's a second line center because he he hitched his wagon to this magician. Panera. Well, here's here's yeah, what I would seriously. say about here's nobody, what I would say no, about everybody Strom. knows he's not a second line center. This is what I would say about Strom. A lot of the Strom fanboys, and I'm not like a Strom fanboy, but I don't like hate Ryan Strom because of course he's a lot like of times great teammate. Yeah, no, 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 like absolutely, him. absolutely. He should just but, play third line. Absolutely, and I think he has like stints where it's like you know it's ryan strome but i can't really say anything because he's i guess he's putting up points for all this stuff so but a lot of like the fanboys on twitter and stuff like that or or even like post game stuff they'll say like you know ryan strome is super instrumental this team because he seems to be able to play with a bunch of different wings and and it their play doesn't necessarily go down because they're playing with ryan strome but then it's like, okay, perfect. So put Heedle on the wing on the third line and move Strom down to the third line. Because if he's so, like, multi-tool, can do can make everybody better, then, like, he should be the one you're moving around the most. And, like, I, I don't know. That just doesn't make any sense to me why that, if he's such, like, a friggin' artist with the puck, I guess, then he should be playing with everybody. I don't get it, but we shall see. I don't know. That's my thing. I don't, I don't, I don't hate on Strom. I just don't, I don't think he should be on the second line. Never mind first power play, but. Um, the well, the first, first power, power play, play thing, is, a, is a disgrace. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I really hope that my, my hope is that they come to the playoffs and Delon sits down with Panera and he's like, look, you know, we did this for 82 games, but now that they really matter, like we kind of did to move him down to the third line. Good luck with that. <laughs> you know what's you know what's interesting though to me getting back to what we've been talking about. I thought I read a quote recently that the uh, the coach of the um, Colorado made some changes with his lines. 
And I don't know if he moved somebody from maybe the third line to the first line. And I guess reporters asked him, like, why did you do that? And he says, well, we've had some things we need to work out. And he goes, and I want to work them out now. He says, I don't, I don't want to make adjustments when we get into the playoffs. I want to work them out now. And I'm like, you know what? That's a coach I like. That's a coach I like. He knows he's going to be in the playoffs. I don't know. We'll see about him. I don't know about him. No, no, no. You know what? I'm not saying he's uh, Scotty Bowman. I'm saying, but the mindset of- No, you did say that. You said he was Scotty Bowman. Okay, I take it back. Yeah. The mindset that I'm going to tinker with things now because he sees that this may be a problem, whereas this guy, it seems to have, and again, I'm not hating on him, but he concerns me because he seems to have a one-way track one track mind about what he wants and he sees Ryan Strom as the answer and he can't think outside of that and say, let me try since we're in the playoffs, let me try Strom as a third line center and put X, Y, and Z. Let me put Loff on the first power play. Yes. The power play is good and you don't want to mess with it, but you're not messing with it. You're not putting a bunch of, you know, eight year olds on the power play. You're, you're switching one guy and let's see if that lifts it. Like it bothers me that he doesn't think like that. And like yeah. he's going to go into the playoffs with this mindset of like Rooney Reeves and McKegg are going to shut down the hurricanes top line in the playoffs. Like, are you, are you serious? Yeah. Like that concerns me. So yeah. we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Cause it's like one side of me is like, you're like, yeah, duh. Like McKegg and Rooney can't shut down the hurricanes top line or the penguins top line. And, you know, Strom shouldn't be on the first power play in it. But at the same time, the players seem to feed off of that because they feel like he doesn't panic and that he trusts them to do their job. But are they, this gets back to the question, are they feeding off that or is they? I have no idea, but they have a brick wall in the net that it covers up for all of these flaws that they're one of the, they were one of the Well, I don't know how much does Sturkin teams in hockey. How much does Shesterkin cover up for the fact that, like, Ryan Strom is on the first power play unit? Like, that doesn't really... It covers because they can't score five on five, and the only reason they're in these games is because the goalie is good. That's one argument yeah. that's been put forward, that the goalie's not good, that he's unbelievable, and that they'd be maybe a 500 team if they didn't have an unbelievable goalie. I, I would also say that, while I understand, Jack, that you're, that, you know, maybe the players are like, I love that this is consistent. I love that they, tr- that, you know, coach trusts us and that he doesn't panic. That's that to me though can exist while also coach can say we're gonna run this line or we're gonna try someone new in the power play. Not because we're panicking, because we're not, we're still winning games. But you know, right now we have a really good power play. Maybe this change will make it really, really good. Maybe it'll make it great. It's like it, just because things are good doesn't mean they can't be better. Yeah, exactly. maybe I'm like maybe it's I'm always about enhancing enhancing what you can do. Listen, man, I read the Larry Brooks article. That's what he said. So I'm- Yeah, because you're not gonna be if, if the Rangers goal is to win the cup this year, which maybe it's not, but if it is, being good on the power play or even really good on the power play isn't going to be what, enough to, to win it for you. Yeah. And if it's not their goal to win it this year, then I think that doing things like playing Heedle more often would be happening. Um, giving people like Lop first-line power play minutes would be happening to develop these younger guys. So I don't really know. I agree. We talked about this last year, and it's either one or the other. You can do both at the same time, but you know, yeah, if you're going I'm not all saying in, I agree with it. I'm just uh, saying I think that's probably why. That's just his coaching style. I think I get it. I get it, and and I'm just saying this. That's 
at the same concerning. time, I, I think he's brought, he's brought his his coaching style has brought them in in a in a lot in a large measure to where they are. I don't think they'd be here even with Quinn with Shesterkin playing the same way. So he got he gets a lot of the credit. I'm not disputing that at all. What I'm saying is learning about him now. I'm seeing some things that concern me. Um, and uh, we'll see what happens, but you know, it's not, it's not life or death. I'm just saying as a, as a fan, this is what concerns me with his recent decisions. That's all. I would say, I would agree though. It is concerning. It's, yeah, it's those are legitimate concerns. Yeah. You're um, validated. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. So listen, I think we should probably, unless you two have anything else, you want to wrap this up today? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I think we covered pretty much everything. I would like to, I mean, we could talk about this later, but we should, uh, I would like to do something on the, on the deadline, before the deadline, something like that. Get, get hype. Before well, I think we should tell our fans, um, and I think the last number of downloads was what, about 465,000, you told me, right, on iTunes? Yeah. And that's not even including Spotify. That was just the or, iTunes numbers, right? That was just iTunes, yeah. right. I don't think that included uh, BN or uh, Jamboy or um, Fanboys, um, those platforms. So yeah. I, think we, like I think we should give them a heads that through like a secret browser or something. I think we should give them a heads up that we're thinking about doing a potentially live broadcast on the day of the NHL trading deadline, March 21st. We will see. We need to work out the logistics and the schedule. Potentially, Jack. Take Potentially. Take Take a deep breath. That's why I use the word potential. You take a deep breath. And uh, so one way or the other, I think it's trending toward we we will have another podcast, either live broadcast live and vivo uh, March 21st or uh, coming to you probably that evening Mm -hmm. um, to talk about the big, big moment, what the Rangers are going to look like going forward. It should be exciting. It's going to be. Uh, this is going to be, I think, the moment we've been talking about the rebuild, and Jack says the rebuild is over, and he might be right. I think the March 21st, 2022 deadline is going to chart the trajectory of where this franchise is going for the next several years. Yes. There it's, will be there I think will be this, joy. Biggest, this is the biggest tears. trading deadline, in my opinion, since 1994. Wow. That's big. Not because I'm saying that they're like going to win the cup. I'm saying, but yes. I think in terms of, in terms the of trajectory of the team, I agree. Yes. Yeah. They have some real, like some real decisions to make. They do. And, they really that's, do. and that's why I think once this trade Big. deadline is over, we will have a, like uh, in a, maybe not a consensus opinion, but an opinion about the uh, GM. So. Yeah. We're going to know where, where, where they're going and where they're headed and how they're envisioning this. Yeah, for I sure. Think. So in one on one hand it's super exciting. On the other hand, I'm terrified. So, yeah, because it could be everything just gone in a, in an afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. <laughs> they'll be they'll be Wait, pulling in like say? 38 year old guys. Like Marcel Dion will be coming out of retirement because he's going to be on the power play. They'll, the Rangers will be up to their old tricks, trading for like. Oh yeah, for sure. The Rangers go from like the third youngest team or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ancient to the Islanders. Yeah, they're yeah. gonna pick up Zdeno Chara to this yeah. year. Because Delonte put Chara on the first power play. He's big. He's big. He's big. 
So <laughs> he's big, yeah. So for he's all our guy. fans out there, and we encourage all of our fans to contact us, nyrdnapodcast at gmail.com. I'm at, I, if I haven't responded, I've been inundated with emails. If I haven't responded to all of you, just give it time. We're trying to hire staff to handle with the influx of uh, emails, texts, and, and just general snail mail coming through the post office. It's been difficult, but contact us. Let us know that you're out there. Listen also, to we, have on, the, we have the Instagram. Plug the Instagram. I forget the name of it. I don't know how that works. Go I ahead. have it. I have it. Oh, it's the been Instagram, done? We got an, Luca made an Instagram handle. Done? Great Neck, done exists, Great Neck yeah. made an Instagram handle and then didn't show up for the podcast. So Great Neck uh, titled our Instagram NYR underscore DNA underscore podcast. So that is where you can find our Instagram. Um, right now it is bumping. So is but, that, uh, the kids call that the gram or Insta? Both. Have you seen the video? Have you seen the video of the like the person? I forget what it was. It was like a politician asking some like worker from like Google or Facebook or something about Finsta. Have you seen that video? No, no, I have. Can you shut down Finsta? And she's like, (laughs) that's not exactly what that is. And he's like, but do you pledge to shut down Finstas? And he's like, (laughs) she's like, that's not what a finsta is like she's trying to explain <laughs> to him it's really good it's so bad yeah this guy's clueless. he's also like ancient yeah he's like a dino <laughs> he's a goddamn dinosaur so he's like 50 55 no he's older no he's probably like 80 honestly like he's, he's right. old as yeah well. you look <laughs> a lot better than him <laughs> i'm gonna get that on a t-shirt shut down the finstas yeah you need to see that video it's good all right i'll check it out it is good all right, folks. You uh, you guys you guys take it over. You want to sign off? Uh, yeah, sure. I'll sign myself off. So, this has been a pleasure. I'm glad we got to do this. <laughs> you don't sound very convincing. <laughs> well, I don't know. I got a lot of things on my mind. I got I got things to do, places to be, people to wow. meet. Wow. Well, excuse us, Jack. Yeah, thanks for That's squeezing it. us in. Hey, man. I, I made you, I made time for you guys because this Appreciate is a good time. It. Wow. Can I say that we uh, this morning had a little planning session and it was only me and the professor. My yeah, because I wasn't awake. And can I just say that that was one of the best planning meetings I think I've ever been a part of, honestly. Why? It was highly productive, um, highly efficient. I don't know. I mean, because I wasn't there. Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying that that's why, but I'm just okay. saying how it was. He never sure. said that. He's describing the meeting. For sure. I, well, I, I, you would have been, I bet you would have been a lot better if I was there, but maybe don't do it at like 7 a.m. So, well, it wasn't, it wasn't 7 a.m. No, it was 7. No, it was, it was more like 10 30. It was like 10 30. It was 7. It was 7. We're going to, on the record, you know, we stick to the main points. No, the record, the no record's going to say 7. The record's yeah. going to say 7 a.m. Efficiency and production. But, you know, yeah. some people, as I told Phil, some people have to drive the bus, you know, some people like to sleep I think it in the was, back of the bus. Some people drive the bus. I think it was yesterday when you told me that uh, you're just the on-air talent. You're just a face and that I will have to do all the logistics works. That was no, yesterday. No, no, I meant the technical stuff. Yeah, so everything else, really, besides just talking at the pod, on the podcast. But I'm all for preparation. It has nothing to okay. do with pre- You think that the That's on-air talent, that they don't prepare, that it's just natural? No, I prepare. Because okay. you know my motto, Jack. If anybody, you know my motto. Is it, what is it? 
Oh, you know it. The fail thing? Yes. Is it fail okay. to prepare? If you, if you prepare, prepare to, to if you fail it? to plan, you plan, you plan to, fail. to fail. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure his students hear that a lot, and they love it. That's between me and my students. <laughs> so it's always a pleasure seeing both of you. I don't get to see you as often as I'd like. Now that you're both adults doing your own thing, you know. But I'm glad we can convene, share yeah. DNA. And talk yeah. about over the internet, hockey, over the interwebs. Yes, the Finsta. It's unfortunate Great Neck couldn't be with us today, but I think um, he'll pay for that in the long term. <laughs> He's getting fit right now, right? Isn't he at the gym pumping his iron? His neck is being yeah. yeah. His neck is <laughs> being uh, swole. He's getting it yeah, yeah. ever so right. greater by the minute. Uh, it, it, apparently, the trainer said he had to do uh, legs and arms, and he was like, "No, neck." Only neck. Yeah. Only so, neck. The trainer is like, focused. you can't, you can't, you can't make like we just you, your neck physically can't get any bigger than this. No, well, he's like, he's, I'm can. pushing it. I'm pushing yeah. it. Yeah, it can. I didn't want it's to say not this, healthy. He's gotten a couple of crazy shipments. I noticed they were there was they were from China. I don't know <laughs> if it's like neck HGH, but I'm concerned. <laughs> they might be taking a toll on on neck his body. GH? Yeah, yeah. What are the side effects of that? I don't know. It, it, I think one of the side effects is just being very nasty. That I've noticed a lot of. Well, that's the price of perfection, I guess. You know, well, you, yeah. you, <laughs> you want to have the biggest neck. You want to have the greatest neck. Have you to pay the price. Pay, you got to pay the cost. You gotta, there's a whole <laughs> there's a whole town named after him, bro. Like that's just something he's got to live up. He's got to live up to that. Great exactly. neck. Yeah. Well. <laughs> all right, boys. Listen. Always a pleasure. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be talking. We certainly will. Thank you, guys. Yes. Thank you, all of our Fun listeners. As always. Please uh, look out for the announcement on the uh, the Insta for our and trading the deadline podcast, folks. If we go live, you're not going to want to miss this. We're going to have fire engines. We're going to have fireworks. What? Wait, wait, wait. What does that we're mean? Gonna have, we're going to have a fire. <laughs> We're basically gonna, we're be, gonna set stuff on fire and the fire gonna department's be, gonna come and try to put it out that's it'll probably probably fireworks burn down podcast. a building it'll and be then. one of the greatest podcasts ever recorded there's gonna be firemen if, there there's gonna, gonna be crazy when the rangers announced that they've, they've attained uh, uh uh obtained Connor mcdavid we're gonna go nuts mm-hmm. so you don't want to miss that so i expect record attendance so thank yeah. you all in nyr dna nation Jack, Phil, you're going to sign off. Let's sign the, this off. The nation. The nation. Okay. All right. Well, Phil, say your goodbyes. <laughs> Phil, do you have anything to plug? Anything coming up? Do I have anything to plug? Uh, no, not necessarily right now. Just uh, really enjoyed being on the, this today's episode. Really looking forward to the trade deadline episode. You should definitely be marking your calendars for that. Uh, Monday afternoon, Monday, March 21st. And I can't wait to, to talk to everyone soon. All right. This has been another successful episode of NYR DNA. And as always, we share the same DNA. <laughs>